This is the Biz News Podcast, one-on-one conversations with experts in business and personal development. Think your staff is really into their jobs, ready to push the organization to new achievements? Well, you might want to think again. Nearly one in five workers say their workplace is unbearably toxic. That's according to the American Psychological Association's annual Work in America survey. What an opportunity for improvement, say two of the nation's top experts on how people communicate with each other. Julian Miravelle and Alexander Lyon say the secret to a thriving team and culture lies in one skill. They talk about it in this Biz News interview. You fellows are talking about something that is really uh, critical to business or any form of organization, and that's good communication. But I'm yes. almost willing to bet you a hot dog that if you went and asked a manager, are you a good communicator? He or she would say, yes, of course I am. What's <laughs> the real real truth about that? So I'll take this one, Alex, if that's okay. Uh, maybe you can add as well if you've got uh, something to, to compliment it. But I think, you know, a couple things. All of us are actually, to start with, pretty good communicators in the sense that we grow up, we develop, we learn conflict styles, we develop our skills. Some of us go to college, you know, we may get a graduate degree. So we don't want to undermine the fact that people are very complex beings with already existing communication skills. At the same time, I think we need to recognize that none of us are perfect communicators. Um, and especially in the realm of human interaction, there are many skill sets that we may not have developed. So while people think that they may be good communicators, the more they would learn about communication, the more they would realize, in fact, that they may not be as good as what the original thought. And in our field, we actually describe these things as a movement from unconscious incompetence through conscious incompetence to ultimately becoming conscious of your competency as kind of at the end and hopefully then coming to a journey where you become unconscious of your competency because you've developed those skills. So um, there's always room for improvement and we're here to help people manage the most difficult situations. Yeah, and I would just I would just add to that. A lot of times people think because they talk a lot that that necessarily yeah. makes them a good communicator when in fact it's often the exact opposite. Sometimes people get really long-winded and their friends start to want to avoid them because they just won't stop talking. So the ability to talk does not make you an effective communicator. There are, just like writing skills, there are legitimate skills in communication that can help you get better. And that's especially true for leaders where the stakes are even higher. Yeah. How do you get across to a leader that they're not a good communicator? It, you don't want to be run out of town on a uh, tarred and feathered or anything, do you? No, you don't. But we don't usually have to tell them they're not, they need work. Usually their peers or supervisors will say, hey, maybe you should meet with a coach. Uh, you know, you have some de development that you could do to level up your career. We feel that there are some obstacles here. And then they meet with someone like Julian or me or some of our friends in the business. And then we do an evaluation, usually like a 360 evaluation where we get concrete feedback from everybody around them. And then, you know, you say, okay, this is what people are saying. 
So let's get to work on it. So thankfully, we don't usually have to be the ones to point it out in the first place. They come to us for solutions. So the killing of the messenger doesn't apply to you guys, <laughs> which is probably very good. Yeah. Yes. But do you find the business leaders say, I just don't have time. Look at my schedule. It's packed. How do I communicate with so much demand on me from time to time? Yeah, uh, I think that, I mean, so first of all, communicating well does require some intentionality and some effort. And in the book, we try to make it as, you know, our new book, Positive Communication for Leaders, we try to make it as simple and as practical because the reality is if you are in this job, you're a manager, you're a leader, you know intrinsically that the way you communicate is having an impact. And so um, what we try to show is simple ways that people can try to engage and create connection with people by mastering some simple skills that talk, that does take some time to, to learn how to do that. But I think people know that uh, it's important for the kind of work that they're in, for creating the kind of culture they want to create, for um, performance, and for reaching extraordinary goals for the company. Uh, the other thing I would say, and I'm sure Alex has something to add, is that you know, it's it's kind of like what happened in the sphere of medical interaction. 30 years ago, we went to hospitals and talked to doctors and told them, you know, you need to change the way you're communicating because there's high levels of dissatisfaction. And the one complaint people always said is, well, I don't have time. I have to see all these patients. But when you know the right skills, you are saving time either in the moment or even long-term. If you do a great interview with a patient, what we found is that the patient was not coming back two, three, or four times to try to make sure that you were addressing the right concern. Leadership for me works just the same way. You may have one meaningful interaction, but that can save you time long-term because you've addressed the issue in that one interaction. What yeah. is a, uh, Julian, what is one simple thing that somebody could, watching this, could implement after they got done watching it? The, our show right here? Yeah. I mean, my suggestion, Alex can choose another behavior, but my suggestion would be, Start first by creating a habit of making connection. Our first behavior in the model uh, that I've helped to develop is greeting. And so simple thing, start by making it a habit to connect with your people so you can get to know them. And that knowledge will inform how you respond to them because you'll have an understanding. Yeah, I'll just add one extra to that. Once you establish a good greeting, most people don't realize that to start a good conversation, you should ask questions. So every time people say, how do I get better at conversations? I feel like I never know what to say. Well, you don't really have to say all that much. The secret to every great conversationalist is they know how to ask the other person a good question. And that becomes a jumping off place. So we talk about the art of asking better questions in the book as well. What uh, uh, either of you or both could answer this, what made you write the book? What was the impetus for that? Julian has a wonderful model of positive communication that he developed prior to this in his first book. And it's so powerful. And he was thinking, you know, I've got to get this message out there a little more. And I said, man, I love that model. You know, it's so powerful. <laughs> it's so powerful. I wonder if we could take it from Julian's roots, which are interpersonal communication, and can we angle this a little more for leaders and professional? And we found through conversation 
that this was a perfect fit for the exact kind of skills that leaders need to connect with their people, to build relationships and to create a cohesive team. So we were both fired up coming from slightly different starting points, really fired up about putting our heads together and sharpening this message for professional audiences. Yeah. And I would add, you know, both of us have had a number of experiences. So first we're very good friends. We went to graduate school together. We uh, were faculty together at the same institution when we started our careers. We've had inspiring mentors that really informed our thinking. And um, on top of that, we really found that we have the practical experience. You know, Alex has served in a number of capacities as a leader in his institution. I've served in a number of leadership roles. So we thought, let's blend our theoretical understanding of communication, how to build relationships, how organizations work with an understanding of what it's really like on the ground. And, and so we hope that in the end, the book is a perfect combination of, you know, research-based uh, understanding, theoretical understanding, which was really minimized, but kind of practical advice that we know will help you create that kind of culture as a leader. The title of the book involves positive communication. Now, yes. how does one interpret that? The first thing I'll say is positive communication is not simply about a can-do attitude and smiling all the time. These are really not about superficial behaviors. Although, of course, that's all wonderful. It's wonderful when people are in a great mood. But it's much more about how do we communicate in ways that create positive outcomes. So you also sometimes have to have very difficult conversations. But how can you have those conversations in a way that honors the dignity of the other person, that sets them up for success, to, to actually succeed instead of coming at them in a punitive way. So we're, we're really focused on building relationships from day one so that when you have to have the harder, more challenging, corrective conversations that you've already built up a reservoir of goodwill and you have the kind of relationship that can sustain some corrective feedback. So we do not, you know, we don't go all the way up, of course, like you said, like uh, something harsh, but we also do talk about how to have difficult conversations for positive outcomes in the book. Yeah. And I, I kind of would add two things, you know, on the one hand, it's kind of the definition. So what is positive communication? For me, it's any behavior that draws on a source of strength, that draws on core values, that helps you effectively connect uh, with other people. So those are messages typically that builds on self-confidence, that helps to create high quality connections, uh, a concept developed by Jane Dutton from the University of Michigan that also helps you accomplish meaningful goals, such as satisfaction, joy, happiness, you know, in quality relationships. So that's kind of the kind of the definition. But a traditional misconception about positive communication is that we must always say something good in the sense of joyful or happy. And we don't think about it at all like this. So in the book, for example, one behavior that that's part of the model is this idea of disclosing, revealing who you are, sharing who, who you are. And there's a spectrum there. So something as simple as in a moment, being able to share a story at a meeting with your teammates. So people understand what's going on with you, right? Something simple or even a foible. But disclosure also includes things like, you know, 
having an honest conversation with somebody and uh, and telling them the way that they need to improve. Or sometimes I would even argue speaking truth to power, right? Um, it's the same behavior, but if you can't do it already in a positive way, it's going to be really hard for you to master the really hard scale of doing it when it requires a tremendous amount of courage. Uh, one of these days, I might, might talk about speaking truth to power, which didn't end positively. <laughs> but it, any form of communication, good or bad, requires not just the transmitter of the effort, it requires the receiver to receive it and absorb it. How, how do you uh, get your the person you're communicating to to actually receive your message? Yeah, we get this question all the time. <laughs> it's probably one of the top questions we get. And it really starts with the mindset of you have to commit to just leading by example for a while. You have to do your best as a leader and you really can't control very well at all how people are gonna to respond to that. Some people, as we say, will instantly respond positively and think, okay, I get it. We're gonna communicate uh, more effectively now. Other people, it's gonna take some time, especially if you're a leader who doesn't have the greatest reputation. They're gonna take a little while to see if this is authentic from you or if it's just a superficial behavior that's meant to be calculated and then a third category, some people are never going to respond positively back. They're just committed to who they are. They've made their minds up and you can't really win them all. But we think if you start by leading by example, use the practices and activities at the team level that we outlined in the book, then you can change the culture over time with patience. Building right. that team is important to any organization. You can't have a bunch of folks running around wildly rowing in different directions. How does positive communication help you quickly, I hope, build a team or solidify your team? So, I mean, for us, positive communication is at the heart of how you can build a team, right? So if you're really interested in doing that, you, in our argument, in our proposal, you say you have to start mastering these key behaviors. So I want to, I do want to list them so you have a sense of what they are. On the one hand, the first behavior is greeting, the ability to invite connection. The second behavior is asking questions and really becoming curious about others, being in a mode of discovery. The third is complimenting and seizing the strength that you see in others and expressing that so people know how you think about them and how you feel about them. The fourth behavior is disclosure, the ability to reveal who you are authentically, genuinely, but also as we talked about in, in difficult moments. The fifth behavior is encouraging, which is to help people through hard times and being attentive to human suffering, right? To And being compassionate. And the sixth behavior is the ability to listen deeply. So what we do in the book is we show you how you can take these six simple, they seem simple, right? Concrete behaviors that if you really want to build a team, you're going to need to be able to use because you need to connect with people. You need to discover people. You need to be able to affect the team. And, you know, you said the word quickly, and I, I don't know how fast it is, right? Teams are a complex organism. And relationships should be thought about from our perspective, not as a quick fix. We should have a long-term perspective on relationship. And often what we do when we communicate poorly is we either give up the relationship, right? Or 
we say things in the moment without considering how that's going to impact that relationship long term. So I hope that makes sense, but I at least wanted to give you a sense for us. These are the six behaviors. You you have been uh, uh, teaching this for a bit, and you have a book out that has certainly gotten some uh, attention around the industry. What can you tell us stories of any successes that you have, you know, kind of melded yourself, put together? Do you want to take this one first, Alex? Do you mean successes in our own life or the kinds that we see with clients? In terms of using positive communication, well, that might be you working for a large company or advising them or just in a personal thing. We do have lots of personal examples. I will give Julian credit for this, as I always like to say. He is a living example of the model. He really puts these into practice in his own life. He uses all six behaviors all the time with me every time we talk and every time we spend time together. So he is walking the talk. We do see these positive communication behaviors making a difference in the lives of professionals as well. So there's an example in the book, for example, about a chief financial officer and his team was bright, but he was overmanaging them top-down style, telling them what to do. He was solving all the problems instead of them solving them themselves. And as a result, they ended up being underdeveloped. So he was coached, not by us, but by a, a friend and a colleague to do one of the key behaviors. And that is ask more questions. Assume that they are the experts and coach from an off the field standpoint and pitch the problems to them, ask them what they think, ask them how they might solve it. So simply by asking questions and by, and that's a leadership behavior, asking good questions is a leadership behavior, much more so than telling people what to do, which often comes from a place of maybe anxiety or micromanaging. So in time, this, this very quickly, this guy's team completely transformed. They started stepping up, producing incredible results. And he had the luxury of taking a step back actually taking vacations again, not bringing his laptop on vacations because he didn't feel the need to micromanage them from the beach. So we see these kinds of changes when people change the way they communicate. It really transforms their leadership style. Yeah. I have, you know, I'd love to share in the book, we have a story in there that's more of a personal example when uh, for a while I served as dean of the college and worked with my director of development and we were in a tight place. So you know, one of the powerful ways of engaging with people is to find a way to disclose in a way that's not going to hurt the other person. And the strategy that this person and I use, where we, we did an exercise called WIMFI, which we describe in the book, and that stands for what I need from you. And simply being able to say to the other person, what I need from you is for you to trust me. Or what I need from you is for you to involve me. That, as you can see in the sentence, we've now taken away all the complaints. We've taken away all the criticism. We're not attacking anybody. We're saying, this is something I need, and can you honor it? And if people can honor it, then that relationship then accelerates. And, and in my story, we ended up becoming the best of friends and a dream team, really, of collaboration. Words mean an awful lot. We sometimes yeah. don't give them enough credit, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yes. Where can our listeners and viewers get more information about you and your book? I would say start with the website for the book, which is positivecommunicationforleaders.com. 
And from there, they can find out more about both Julian and me. And of course, you find us both on LinkedIn. And what would you guys like to add that uh, I haven't asked you and you're bursting to tell me? I have one bit of advice, and that is when, when you're trying to learn new skills, just focus on one new skill per day. Don't feel, you read a whole book and you feel overwhelmed. You think, where do I start? But if you just start on Monday, trying to greet people better, and then on Tuesday, asking some questions that you might have not otherwise asked. And then on Wednesday, give a few specific compliments, sincere compliments, positive feedback, and take it day by day and just keep cycling through the positive behaviors until they each become a habit and you do them as a second as second nature. So you don't have to tra transform yourself in a day. Be patient with yourself because these things take time. Yeah, I think having a long-term perspective towards building your communication skills, understanding that that is a journey as well, right? It's a, it's a process, it's a development, it's not an end point. But I think Alex and I both feel that what we offer in the book and what we've described in the book are really as practical and concrete strategies as you could use. If you're a new leader and you're not sure how to, you know, how to start building a team, how to create a great workplace for your people, how to help your team reach extraordinary goals. We feel like what we did in the book is to give people a roadmap for doing that. You can pick up the book and we show you how to build relationships interpersonally, one-on-one, -on -one, how to apply the principles in groups as a group context with your team. And even we show you how you can take this little idea and expand it to an organizational or institutional initiative, right? So, for example, we show you take this idea of greeting, which is to make connection, but can you take it to a higher level where now you're creating a culture where people are connecting with each other within the company? Or, for example, with complimenting, we show you how that's related to employee engagement. So how do you measure engagement? How can you keep track on the impact that you're having in building that culture? So we certainly believe that it's a process, not an endpoint but that if every person is trained in this art, in the art of positive communication, that they can ultimately create much more meaningful, much more authentic, and much more productive relationships, both at work and also at home if they choose to. You've been watching the Biz News Podcast. We welcome your input. Send your email to editor at biznews.com. Thanks for watching.